Welcome, everyone, to the Sigurds Community Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of July 9th, 2023. Hope everyone's having a normal day from what we've been saying already. I don't think anyone here had a normal day, so that's wonderful. <laughs> My heat exhaustion is feeling really good right now. I'm just glad I'm hydrated. As always, I'm Jordan. See, I'm going to do it before we talk about things. I'm Jordan. With me tonight, I've got Pit Girl, who is glued on the gold cup right now. We are in stoppage time. If you don't know we're recording, stoppage time in the U.S.-Canada match. And Canada just knocked a penalty in. I've got Beth. And then I have Kamish. Beth, how are you doing, ma'am? Um, I'm rabbit sitting this week. Yay. So yeah, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It is rabbit sit week. And so far, we have gone through an amount of cilantro that is unthinkable unless you own a large chain of Mexican restaurants. Do rabbits have the mutation? Apparently not. It is so she when when i go to feed her i usually give her a mix of several greens and it's funny because she's very picky about like what she eats and in what order and it's very much like if there is banana in there she will go after that first yeah, if there's too. carrot if there's carrot in there that's usually second unless i like really go nuts and give her like blueberries or raspberries oh, then whoa, those that's... kind of fall in there yeah that's that's a big thing her favorite thing in the world is blueberry cereal but i'm not giving <laughs> her that while her dad is away then after that it is cilantro then parsley, then kale, then romaine, then grief, then green leaf lettuce. That's like where we are on the things the rabbit enjoys. Ice, iceberg? Absolutely not. We do not give the rabbit crunchy water. That's rude. That is rude. Also, it's actually really bad for them. Like they can get diarrhea and die. So hmm. I, yeah, iceberg, terrible for rabbits. Probably terrible for you too. Find a better lettuce. But sometimes you just want, like on a burger, you just want crisp watery. Crunchy water. Yeah, crunchy mm -hmm. water. I enjoy other varieties of crunchy water more, personally. Like cucumbers, the best crunchy water. Or, or butter lettuce mm. is very good. Oh, butter lettuce is wonderful. Hey, girl, how are you, ma'am? I'm good. I'm going to call you guys ma'am tonight. I have no clue what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, that's weird. <clears throat> um, <laughs> as mentioned, I am currently watching the Gold Cup, um, and CONCACAF sure do be CONCACAFing. This game started, for those of you who are not currently watching the Gold Cup, with uh, Canada guy absolutely nailing a ref in the side of the head with a bad pass, like, 30 like trying seconds to take him out. Game. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure that ref has a broken nose. It took quite a while for that to all get sorted out, and the first half had ten minutes of stoppage time. We are currently almost all the way through minute six of stoppage time, tied one one because Canada got a penalty for what I did not see because I was talking pre pod with the rest of the team. So we are 1-1 at minute 96 and about to go into extra time. So if there's random screaming, you have been warned. Kamish, how are you, sir? Good. It was um, a busy weekend just doing way too much stuff to prepare for next weekend, if that makes sense. Yeah, hmm? I get that. Also, there was a, a four-year-old birthday party mixed in to this that was outside at 2 p.m. How many million degrees was it? It said it felt like 104, but... Um, oh, uh, four, just like the birthday. Yeah, <laughs> definitely felt like 104. The the birthday party with the four, for the four-year-old, which my, my kiddo is six, and so we had the, the baby with us, and we were just trying to stay underneath the, the cupboard. You know, it wasn't working out for the baby. We didn't make it the entire party, of course, but... They had a water slide, so it was supposed to be like a water party, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for like a four-year-old, you would think the water slide would be, you know, relatively smooth, not too crazy or steep or anything, right? Mm -hmm. 
No, this was an inflatable water slide. But I swear it was like 20 feet tall. Yeah, and, and it was just and it was just in the backyard, and at the end of the slide was a fence. Yes. <laughs> so, so you would just see four year old, five year old, six year old kids just going down like seemingly 70, 80 miles an hour into this this pit right in front of the fence where there was like a, a water pit. Just just like head first, like they could not stay straight at all. Yeah. My my kiddo got hurt uh <laughs> on the second was- slide. He like hurt his arm. He had like a scrape on his arm. So he he tapped out immediately. So he's definitely done with that. I mean, the four-year-old was just going crazy. And, and like the rest of the kids like tapped out like super fast. So it was just the birthday kid just doing it after maybe like 30, 45 minutes. Cool. Hey, so it, was, it was nuts. It was sweaty. It was just not real. In July outside Texas. South Texas. Yeah, I don't know. Not yeah. Good. That's the kind of celebration that takes me back. I mean, also, are you even really slip and sliding if you don't have some sort of enormous scrape 20 minutes in? Mm-hmm. I would submit that you are not. I'm trying to, I'm going to see if I can find how steep this thing was because it, I was like, really? This is like for adults. It's going to be called like the Matterhorn. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those you'd rent from. Like the bouncy castle places? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a bouncy castle water slide. No, those are great. How, I have a mini one. How expensive are those things to rent? I'm thinking about three, four hundred bucks, but I, I don't know. I, I bet you you could buy I bet you for the cost of renting it twice, I bet you could own it. Bouncycastlewaterslides.com. I find that amazing <laughs> given that I could rent a dunk tank for a hundred bucks. You could, huh? hundred bucks? Uh-huh. Can and did, as long as you can haul it yourself. Oh, that's Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we own a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what this. Oh my God! There's even more. Waterslides. Water water tanks don't weigh anything, and trying to haul it, trying to haul it from State College back to the General Altoona area without it flying away like a kite was kind of terrifying. Oh, I, <laughs> I bet that was fun on 99. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't weigh anything at all. Okay. Yeah, I was coming down the big hill by the adult bookstore, and things were exciting. I think I found it. Let me throw it in the the Discord here, which we need to let everybody know we're recording now. Okay, perfect. So, it's that one. Oh shit! I love that. Hold on. the The middle part, is like cut that in half. Okay. Like that's missing. There's only the edge, like the little (laughs) wing at the end with the pool. So the thing in the middle there was gone. So no time to kill your speed. No time to like slow yourself down. So it's just going to catapult you into the red thing. Yes. This is also not a water slide. This is a water cliff. Yes. And I'm like, this is really, really intense for four-year-olds. I was thinking of like just a relaxing one, maybe like 10 foot high. No, no, no. This apparently is 22 feet high. My God. That is pretty, that is pretty steep. I won't lie. Yeah. I thought you were going to show this. I'd be like, ah, whatever. No, that's pretty steep. I was like, what the hell? That is... (laughs) That looks like some of the streets in Pittsburgh. That is a precipitous angle. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, I'm glad my kid got to do it twice. I thought he got hurt on the first one, so he got to go at least twice. So that that helps. It's it's apparently called the 22 foot tall Hoover Dam. Okay, with, I knew it. I knew it was something. It was going to be like Dam. the Matterhorn Hoover Dam is good too. The Hoover Dam. The K two. <laughs> the the, the, Anna, the Annapurna. I thought it was going to be something like just really, really, <laughs> but 
I was like, he... a four-year-old birthday party. This totally... But the four-year-old just kept going. <laughs> the one that, like, he just wouldn't stop. So he had a great time. See, Beth just ha- Beth saying this, and she's absolutely right. It does look like some of the streets in Pittsburgh, but it has me envisioning like the like church camp, like sheets of plastic wrap, mm-hmm. so that like was, yep. Dawn dish soap, and a garden hose slip and slide down like John Care Street in Pittsburgh. Yep, which is just very steep and cobblestone. Yeah, I just put a picture of Rialto Street in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, Jordan here. This is Jordan on Tuesday, where I'm editing. We talked about this on Sunday night. This is before everything happened on Monday and they ended up firing Pat Fitzgerald in Northwestern. I just wanted to give you a little context before we go into this discussion. Before we get started, we do want to talk about some serious stuff first. This week, the allegations to Northwestern have come out. We want to say, first off, fuck anyone at Northwestern trying to hide this shit. That this, the only way this is ever going to feel like everyone has, feel like everyone has justice here is this has to come out. This can't be hidden. This can't be covered. And one, if Fitzgerald knew anything about it, that's awful. And two, if he didn't know anything about it, that's also on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you run a program like that, this is something as a band director I was always taught was that the practice rooms are back there. And if I know what's going on back there and I cover it, it's my ass. If I don't know what's going on back there, it's also my ass. Yep. Yep. Buck stops with the top of the chain. I... Would strongly recommend uh, reading the Daily Northwestern article about this. It is a hard read. Content warning, content warning, content warning. Read at your own risk. But it is it is worth reading, even considering how hard it is to read. And all I have to say is that assuming that everything in that article is true, the only way to resolve this is to burn the whole thing down. Cultures of violence cannot be like that cannot be resolved by only getting rid of the guy at the top. You have to take the like just rip it out at the root. The AD may need well need to go depending on what comes out what is ends up being proven to be true. But all of that said, man, I love college football. We love college football, but stuff like this makes it hard and it's not okay. Kudos to the students who did some incredibly impressive reporting that frankly a lot of professionals weren't able to get done when when there's that much smoke a lot of people need to dig a lot deeper so i'm glad that the student papers did that and that you know people's stories were heard but it's awful and it cannot happen just reading what what they dug up and them just coming out with giving him a suspension for two weeks in july was I, I didn't think it was going to be, I, I was really confused when that came out. I, I wasn't fully aware of the situation of what occurred. Then from that point, when they gave the two weeks, it was very confusing. But then the, I mean, the excellent journalists at, at Northwestern, I know we give them, you know, grief, you know, saying they're Medill grads or whatever, but they're, they're good at what they do. They do. And, and, you know, they're, they're some of the best uh, that in, in the journalism profession. So whenever they dug in and got all of these details, which, I mean, it's a tough read just to read what they said and read what they do and and then what they did. It's just not a good culture, not a great, it's not a great situation. And, you know, I I understand, you know, when I was growing up, like hazing was, was relatively commonplace, I would say. There's some, but then slowly in like late 90s, like early 2000s, I mean, hazing, you know, there were times people would take it a little bit too far and then they slowly started to back away and you don't really hear about hazing too much. 
And this was kind of almost like a little bit of a throwback to a, to a bygone era that needed to be gone. So just seeing something like this was not great in the program. It's, it's not great for, you know, leadership to, I don't know. I don't know what they're saying if they don't know about it, but I don't necessarily believe that, but nothing is proven yet. So I can't say anything definitively, but yeah, it was, um, it's not a great situation. I, I hope for the best outcome for the Northwestern program. I, I don't know what that is because I don't know how far it goes and how long it's it's going. I've read something that, that it's happened in 2007 now. So, I mean, that's 16 years. But, yeah, it's not it's not an ideal situation. And this is not necessarily something that we always cover on the on our podcast, which, I mean, but just not, not talking about it probably make it worse i would say if we don't Mm -hmm. you know at least touch the subject which is just not i don't know again it's one of those things where you know like reading it you just become it just becomes harder and harder to finish reading what occurred Mm -hmm. and then i just can't imagine football players or like like freshmen having to go through something like that and just it being accepted as part of that football team's culture again just hoping for the best to to come through i know it's a very bad situation and just really want you know just just make the best decisions from here which they they weren't making the best decisions before this so just just hoping for the best outcome possible after everything all this news dropped this is something like you know our twitter accounts very ha 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 ho and so this felt i think we all agree this was a felt like a better place to at least say what we felt about this because you can hear our tone you can hear what we're saying mm-hmm. it isn't obfuscated by just being online and it was important for us to say something because we do cover college football. The good yeah. and bad, and this is the bad. Not saying something also says something. So let's go on past that. I want to bring up a couple things we came across this week that were kind of fun. First off, Shadow Pete. That <laughs> I I was looking through the Oklahoma State style guide, like you do, like I do, because I was looking for examples. I was I was making the Big Ten logo where I hid the forty the forty one in the ten. The 12. By the way, my my hidden 41 in the Big 12, I thought that was pretty good. I tried to make it 14, but I couldn't make it. <laughs> so let's just throwing Roman numerals in. That might work. I'm going to give another run at it. Mm. Like hide, doing, doing an IV as the separators. Mm-hmm. So it reads like it reads both 12 and 14. I, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, that could work. So I was looking for something and they came across Oklahoma State's style guide. They have a new font that's like Wild West and they have all these new things. And then at the very bottom, I found Shadow Pete. I, <laughs> I had seen Shadow Pete before. What, if you don't know, it, it looks like Pistol Pete, except half his face is covered in shadow. His eyes are orange and like it's just black and gray toned. And he just looks like. This is absolutely like the Shadow Link skin that you get in Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's absolutely what this is. This is like Pistol Pete makes it to the end of the video game and he turns around and oh no, it's Shadow Pete. It's it's that or he's like one of the Shadow Shadow Pokémon in Pogo where you catch mm. him and they've got the like the purple flames and the red eyes. Yeah. That's what this is. But he looks cool enough that I don't want to purify him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we started finding things like like other schools have done this. If if you ever watch, listen to Uni Watch or those guys, call it black for black's sake, when they just start mm-hmm. throwing like black onto mm-hmm. uniforms, or whatever. But then we have shit like the Shadow Beaver, Shadow Beaver, 
Shadow Beave. Uh, yes. Let me drop that. I'll drop that in the chat. Got Shadow Beave here. He looks awesome. Again, like gray tone, black. And I totally forgotten about Shadow Duck. Tell me that Shadow Beave isn't Shadow Bidoof. This is Shadow Bidoof. I mean, if Oregon State picked Bidoof as their new mascot, it would be fine and hilarious. Uh, Shadow Duck looks like puddles, but super scary. Dark puddles. Right. Like this is all, this is a whole thing now. I didn't realize that some of these schools had these shadow puppets, these shadow puppets, these shadow characters. So Shadow Beef took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to realize what it was. Because for the life of me, it looked like the mouth was on the left side. (laughs) Mm. And I'm like, is that like a weird wolf? Like, what is that thing? I don't understand. And then I realized I was looking at the image completely backwards. So this has the same energy as when Kentucky released the the new wildcat and everybody was like, no, this is two birds doing the do. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yes, I yeah. love that one. I love that one. Puppet bird. <laughs> what is this shadow <laughs> puddles that just got put in the chat? So I want to give a shout out to one of our Discord members. Uh, just. He's an old Dominion fan by the name of Arctic Turn, and he's just he's just been doing shadow logos, and so he did shadow puddles, and and everybody in the Discord called uh, the the shadow Oregon duck. They called him Darkwing Duck, or Darkwing Puddles. Perfect. So if you look in the Discord, you just go like, "There's just so many shadows. It's it's ridiculous." Um, Pot- Podcast reader, this thing looks like one of the Heartless from Kingdom Hearts. Okay, that's okay. That's, you know what? That's what this all looks like. Yep. They're all just scary in weird ways. They all look like they came out of a My Chemical Romance concert. <laughs> like like if mascots had an emo phase. And someone suggested Dark Purdue Pete, but I'm afraid to do it, guys. I, I mean, it's already dark enough. I, think. I know. Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, what if I darkened half his face? Oh, my God. <laughs> There was Shadow Sun Devil, Sparky, Shadow Sparky. Also scary. Yes. This is just. We need, this we is need what to. we do on our Discord. We just, we play with horrible Photoshop. We're gonna <laughs> make some... a, we'll make a dark baby Jonathan. Sorry. Rem- remember, guys, also, that if you join and you don't have Photoshop skills, one, you'll probably pick some up as you go along. Mm-hmm. And yeah. two, there's plenty of us that do. So if you just say something and I'm near a computer, chances are I'll just make it. This whole thing started mm-hmm. with Kamish just like spouting random ideas and I would just make them for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, hey, Jordan, if, can you make what if, we this? Put a, what if we put a sicko's face on a cow? Would that work? Okay, sure. Let's see what happens. Hey, yeah. Hey, Jordan, what if we do like a sicko's Madonna with child, but like an icon? <laughs> still one of my favorites. It's Su- my favorite. Super early on, still one of my favorites. Yep. That one was my phone background for a very long time. <laughs> I need to post that on the account. I don't think I've ever posted it because I think that, that predates the account. Yeah, it probably, I, I'm pretty it probably sure does, yeah. it does. That was yeah. us in hollering one day when we were being particularly obnoxious. <laughs> Can I talk a little CFL with y'all? Sure. Talk, I don't mind talk if we talk some it. CFL. Talk Ooh. about it. I've been We've watching had some and staying up bangers. so late. <laughs> I've been watching. I've been staying up so late watching these games because they are just, they've been so compelling and, and, and also unconventionally appealing sickos nature oh and yeah they've been coming down to like last place <laughs> in like last quarter this so i'm, I'm gonna have to watching i'm gonna have to share the video of the of the game ending rouge yeah. we need to watch this together okay. and we need to work through this okay because the rouge is something that i barely understand i'll be really honest with y'all whenever it happens 
I still don't quite get it. I don't understand how it works. Like right. I, I full on don't understand. Perfect. The, the one thing you have to know about this for this thing I'm going to show you is that there is no touchback in Canadian football on a kickoff. You have to get it out of the end zone. It used yep. to be the kickoffs did not count. Like if, if it went to the back of the end zone and no one touched it, it was fine, but they changed that. It's got to come out of the end zone or else you get one, the other team gets a point. Okay. And sometimes American players forget this. That's all you need to know. This is Edmonton, the Edmonton Elk, and the Secession Rough Riders. And it's 11-11. This game, by the way, started with three Rouges by Saskatchewan. No, Edmonton. No, Edmonton, sorry. That, it, Edmonton's kicker was a 36-year-old rookie. Yeah. 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 And, and, and he missed his first three field goals, getting a point. Uh, I'm already <laughs> not interested because the end zone has corners. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, let me let me get the box score for this game real fast because the, the box score is absolutely just hilarious. Uh, this is the box score for the game. In the first uh, quarter, Edmonton was up 1-0. <laughs> and then two more rouges later, and then Saskatchewan kicked a field goal to make it 3-3 going into half. Edmonton also got another rouge in the third. So this game was already just weird. And then this happens. This is... Uh, this is Saskatchewan kicking off to Edmonton. It's tied with one minute left in the game. And we get this. 30 yards to get into field goal. Certainly the time to do it. A deep kick. Oh, okay. this one will bounce. Crowd is going crazy. the end zone. Do something. Uh, Simmons goes back. And he's and that's going the point. to concede. Oh, no. My goodness. He forgot. What just happened? CJ Simmons no. didn't know. He didn't have the the instructions from the coaching staff. Can't do that. New to the CFL. That was a good kick over his head, but this nonchalant effort to chase it down, he was giving up a point Check the whole way. Condon, Edmonton, number 16. Oh, no, buddy, no. Also, an objectionable line. conduct call. <laughs> uh, he, he pushed one of the Saskatchewan yards. guys in yeah. the face. Oh and yeah, yeah no, I, I'm just saying that it's like calling it instead of unsportsmanlike, like calling it objectionable yes. conduct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very Canadian. So you can't do that. No. And so a lot of people were, were were shaming the guy. Man, if you're a special teams coach in the CFL, you know you have Americans. You go to them before one of these kicks, and you go, "Hey, the one thing you cannot do right now is let it go into the end zone like that. You back up, you run it out." The other thing he could have done is you could you, he could have punted it out of the end zone. That's allowed. He could have picked it up and just kicked it the other way. Now, that would have given Saskatchewan the time on the clock and a pretty good field position to kick a field goal, but you wouldn't have lost it right there. So it, I, I'm looking at from this way. So if you do give up the, the single or the rouge it, at this point and you, you get the point, you're down 12-11, you would get the ball at the 40-yard line. So there's a longer field, so you still got midfields to 55, so that's a little bit different. So it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but to add the objectionable conduct on that to back them up to the 30 or 25, that, that, that hurt even and worse, so you made a bad situation worse. So I feel, I mean, there's like a minute four left, but the thing is when I saw Saskatchewan, it was 11-3. Uh, the Rough Riders tied it. You know, touchdown, 11-3, 11-9, they get to two. And then uh, just amazing how they pulled that off. Watching him just trot back for the ball 
and you can hear the crowd start going because the crowd knows mm-hmm. he does not yep. and night like nightmare scenario mm-hmm. Just, you forgot the rules it's like every once in a while like college football players especially will forget the difference between punts and kickoffs mm. Sometimes they just forget the difference between the two and what rules apply. And this, yep. is, this is just one of them. And the other thing you get a point for is if you miss a field goal, mm-hmm. because the ball goes through the end zone. Mm-hmm. And that's most a rouge most of the time. And so if you miss a field goal, usually in Canadian football, that's also worth a point. So you can have a walk-off missed field goal in Canada, which again is beautiful. This is just, it's giving something that I would now like to know if it has ever happened and I may end up going down this rabbit hole at some point walk off doink. Cause if you doink it just right, it can still go out the back of the end zone. I'm sure it's happened before. I, I mean, there's, I think there's been a, there's been a multiple one, nothing games in the CFL. There oh yeah. That's, the, that's a thing. There was one for the great cup title. I think in 66 that somebody threw oh. in a mention. They, and they still kept playing this game. One, nothing. <laughs> that was it. I, I I love it just because the Canadian football is just slightly different. It really messes with you when you watch it. But then if you start to get the, the differences, like instead of there being four downs, there's three downs. Instead of being 11 players, there's 12 players. Uh, instead of no motion, only one person in motion at the snap, everybody can be in motion at the snap. It's, it just looks like somebody hits a beehive with a rake. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. The goalposts are at the front of the end zone instead of the back of the end zone. The end zones are, you know, just incredible, incredible stuff. 20, that's 20 it's, yards deep end zones. So you can throw, so you have your, you've got your whole passing playbook, no matter how close you are to the end zone, which is nice. Everything is a fade. Um, I regret to inform you, uh, belatedly for the listeners, that uh, Canada has just scored again. Shit. Oh, no. Well. Yeah. We're going to crack on Canada some more because I do want to show you guys. I don't understand everything that's happening here, but this video keeps coming up. This is Montreal at Toronto. It's CFL ending. I think this was a playoff game. I'm just going to play it and see if you guys can help me figure out what's going on here. Damon Duvall for the game winner. The Toronto Argonauts and the old Montreal team. This is from 2010. Noel Prefontaine is going to go back right now. They didn't have anybody in the end zone. Well, they were deciding whether they were just going to put Chad Owens back to run it out or whether they were going to put their kickout team. Oh, yeah, kickout. Which means that if Montreal misses and they don't feel the first option is you run it out, get it just past your goal line. Oh, this one. I know this. Second option, if you don't think you can run it out, is you kick it back out into the field of play. 36 yards for the win. One point would also win no. it. Here we go. The ball, the kick is up. Misses it is it. wide. Knocked down. Now they have to kick it out. And they do. Got to get five yards. Now DeVall kicks it back through. Got to kick it out again. They will kick it out, but they don't get it out. Who has the football? Anyone? It's a touchdown. Sure. Montreal. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't. On a bizarre How? way to it's end the so football good. game. It's just because you. Okay. You, who, was, who was the coach for Montreal there? No, who was it? I didn't see. Should we have recognized him? Maybe. I think it's. Hold on. That was 2010, right? Mm-hmm. This, this wasn't the Alouettes. This wasn't the Alouettes. It wasn't the Alouettes? Uh, maybe it was the Alouettes? 2010 Montreal Alouettes? 
Okay. Yeah. That's that's more NFL. Sorry. It's it's Mark Tressman. Sorry. Okay. Okay. It, it wasn't I, I was like I it was giving Mike Riley. Oh, oh that would have been and I was like, oh. hold up. Like, no, I don't know that face, but it was Mark Tressman. It was okay. not it was not Mike Riley. Like I thought it was. But time. yeah, so so shit like that happens in Canada sometimes where they just start kicking the ball at each other. Uh, there's also no fair catches, but you have to have a five yard halo around the receiver. Yeah. So it's it's so weird. It it feels like the closest thing I can t- describe it to is I speak pretty good German, but when I went to the Netherlands, trying mm. to understand Dutch, mm. like I should be able to understand this, but I can't. Or Spanish and Portuguese, you're like this. Sh- this should work, and it doesn't. That's the mm-hmm. CFL rulebook to me. It's the Sephardic Hebrew of <laughs> football. Exactly. That's exactly what I'd say it was. I, mean, I, I, I do I'm like the to... idea of Canadian football just devolving into a quick kickoff. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. Just, we're just gonna punt at each other for an hour. A lot of this is like vestigial rugby stuff. The appendices, like they never like <laughs> stopped. They never got removed properly. So Canada still has these rules and it's awesome and it's wonderful and I love it. And I'm so glad that like people are starting to pay attention this summer, at least some of our followers, because this is fun. This is fun stuff that like, I assume baseball people are like this where they'll just put on a game and like make dinner. It's just on the background. You can use this the same way. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Just check in while you're making dinner. It's great. I'd also like to just shout out one bit of uh, EFL news. Sorry, ELF news. What a game. The Galaxy edge out the semen in the last minutes. Are we not doing phrasing anymore? I, I didn't even. That, that was intentional. Don't, I know. Don't give me that. I know. Whatever. Whatever. I, I do want to say something here, though. We were talking about the CFL and, and Canada scored to take the lead over America. So maybe we caused that. So we apologize to the followers for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, and, you know. The, the there were so many replies that were just incredibly. Um, read some of the replies, Jordan, to that tweet. Go right ahead. <laughs> Which one? Oh no! Uh, the one about the uh, about edging the semen. The, the galaxy edged the semen, forty to thirty-three. Okay, and it's funny because like we don't usually do stuff like this. This was like my I I, I went sophomore for one tweet because I was like, this is this is good. I mean, I'm sure was, everyone it handled it with it. great maturity. It it did. Like, let's see what our followers said, because I because our followers are mature people. Yes, they would never find it. Hold up, going back. <laughs> yes, I have good soccer news. Yes. Good. Uh, it is now two two in extra time. Party hard. It's okay. We had two of our own sickos accounts telling me to go right to jail, and I got a horny <laughs> yeah. bonk from someone. Yes. It was a tight many, match. If we go tight match, many, that came down to the finish. <laughs> Oh, I yes. would like it to be known that neither of the accounts that told Jordan to go to jail were me. <laughs> what else? Saw that on Pornhub once. <laughs> oh. Lots of phrasing. Lots of the Archer GIF that says phrasing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lots of bonks. Okay, whatever. That's okay. that's par for course for me. Is this the technically only... an own goal? I think this is technically an own goal for Canada. So Canada scored again. Hey. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, the last person the ball came off of was a Canada guy that wasn't the goalie. Uh, if it's a deflection, it is. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Canada that's, that's going to be an own goal. Yeah. Yes. It so Canada's on a scoring streak, is yeah. what you're saying. Again, we talk about the CFL. Canada scores again, but this time it counts for the U.S. Well, can, can I talk about Kansas now? Yes. Sure. That's kind of like Canada. Because. <laughs> is it? Because they fixed their font. I'm going to go on. I am a Trajan hater. Okay. Trajan, Trajan. 
Trajan. I don't know. I, I, That's how the emperor is replied that, yeah. the only thing that popped in my head was a, a former Duke Blue Devil by the name of Trajan Langdon. Okay. But yeah, he's the current, I think, GM or player personnel of the the New Orleans Pelicans. But that's, I didn't even know the font had a name. The old uh, yeah. Yeah. And also, and it was also a Roman emperor, at least one Roman emperor that I can think of. There were probably many so more of those. It's almost certainly Trajan because it's designed after a Roman columnar uh, typeface. Okay. Okay. So, so it's not I Cajun. Would... It's not Cajun. It's not Trajan. Trajan. Uh-huh. I, I will go on record saying I fucking hate old kansas Ooh, it's, uniforms a, it's a really young font in that like thin, 1989 oh, huh. that really thin font that looks okay in like basketball jerseys even i hate it on football it looks so wrong it's too thin the numbers don't god this is my font nerdiness like look at the six in the in, in the picture that's on the dock like the six doesn't close properly it mm, looks mm-hmm. weird i i don't hate the and, six nearly as much as i hate the three Oh, the uneven three? I, yeah. I hate that three. Yep. Have Have either of you seen Pitt's cathedral numbers? Because you're going to hate those. Yes. Yeah, yes, that, those I drive have. me absolutely fucking crazy. I like the cathedral numbers, don't at me. But they, <laughs> Although I, I do like the West Virginia mining pick numbers. They those, don't do them much anymore. But, but they have yeah. the same problem. We've had this awful fucking font for so long. And they're going just to like a very classic SF collegiate, serifed, Kansas... The one looks good, stroked in red, white with red. The numbers are fat again. This is Adidas not fucking things up, which I'm very happy about. I'm just very happy about that. But some people were saying that true sickos would like the old font. And I, everyone has their thing. Like, like I've said this before and I get in trouble because every time I post this, fall weddings are fine, guys. That's my most like sickos take. And I get fucking screamed at every time. Fall weddings are great. Fall's a wonderful time of year. Use it. Reminder for the listeners that I am not the person who has that take. No, it's me. Fall, fall's great. Have your weddings in the fall because fall's the best season for everything. Literally, everything just, should be in the fall. Make the just, whole boat out of fall. I mean, also just 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 pick bye week for your team, and everyone's so, happy. So, Jordan, you don't like the five is an upside down two? Oh <laughs> my god! Oh, this like, is who, all. Do we know who was the one that replied to you that you know? No, someone in the account. It had to have been Joey. It had. To, it was Joey or Ducky, and they were like, and they they were like, also, no, I fucking love the old font. Wrong take. Again, I have very strong takes on very few things. That's actually a lie. But I was going to say, <laughs> I have very strong takes on lots of things. And this is one of them. Kansas, you did good here. And most of our Kansas followers agree with me. They are ready to chuck the the, tra- the tra- Trajan. Trahan. I will say that I, I do enjoy a non-standard collegiate jersey number, as evidenced by the old Pitt Cathedral numbers that are in from like the 2018 season that I just dropped in the chat, which I like more than the current number set, even though they don't, they're the wrong colors. Uh, but Trajan is not a good alternative college number set for exactly the reasons that Jordan laid out. It's too skinny. That is six, nine, like the proportions of the stuff around the, the hole are absolutely giving me a nightmare. Yeah, no, I know. I'm aware. Oh that my they're god, terrible. they don't match in any direction. Yes, because they're in, not, they're inspired oh. by the Gothic arches in the oh, big room in no. the Cathedral of Learning. Oh, yeah, that's. Oh my god, oh my god. I know. I like them anyway. So if I decide to make um, your kiddo a set of alphabet blocks and I use that font, you will be upset. No, there are only numbers for that font. There are no letters in that font. Not yet. <laughs> we could fuck all sorts of things up. Yeah, I'm just I'm so glad that 
I'm glad that they fixed this, fixed it. And I'm glad that Kansas fans seem to be happy about this. Someone did say that the KU on the Jayhawk is not going to match anymore because the mm. KU on the Jayhawk is in, is in Trajan. That's okay. fine. So you could That's just fine. say the, the Jayhawk's wearing a throwback. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. I think the only other thing we wanted to talk about in the first half of the podcast, and I forgot to throw it in here, is that what, what the fuck are those numbers on this, the camo, those camo unis? What? Mish just dropped something in the chat. It's the Warhawk so camo unis. Oh, yeah. Those it's numbers the, are also awful. The Warhawk numbers based off of the P40 Warhawk planes. Okay. So the, it, they're trying to, I guess, match the numbers on the old World War II planes, and it, it does not work out well. These numbers are also awful, and I can't even really articulate why. They're too skinny, but it's also not only that they're too skinny. Kamish, I have to apologize. I was using your football team the other day to torture my uh, host brother from the exchange program that I did in high school. I had him very convinced for a while there that Ulm, Germany had a football team. <laughs> nice. I love that. You know, I really hate that when I, I just type in ULM. I, I get results for Ulm, Germany. Ulm, like mention. First, or, or maybe, or maybe new... New Ulm, Minnesota. And I'm like, <laughs> for God's sakes, ULM, change the branding, please. <laughs> Got to work on that SEO. I'm, Seriously. I am I am going to say, though, that you know what? I do like the Wyoming uniform font. It's super Old Westy. It has the little ornaments on it. Uh, no, I hate this. I, I, like actually lo- I actually love it. So I don't hey. hate it for the numbers. It's terrible in all caps for the name of the team. Oh, you can't even see it. The brown on the yellow, the yellow font with white, with white stroke on brown. Can't even come close to seeing it. Awful. Yeah, this thing is very, there's a new serif in town. <laughs> <laughs> That's twice you've been able to use that joke. It's a good joke. It's it a, a good joke. Oh, I do want to, I do want to show you a little bit of Wyoming camo uniform because these are all fucking awful. Oh, oh. Ooh. oh let no. that happen. The camp oh. is chip camo, but just Wait, on the shoulders. Hold on just Ooh. a moment. What are you hiding in? Like, where are you hiding? Are you hiding in front of a gold Minecraft block? Like, yes. also, was it raining during this game, or do they have like shiny and not shiny digital camo on the helmet, too? I'm that gonna looks say, like rain. I, I think hope snow, it's sleet, snow action going on. Okay. Also, that is unfortunate with the pink mouth guard. Mm. Beth, I hate to say this, but I could see WVU doing this, but with blue instead oh, of black. I absolutely could too. And I would say the exact same thing. Like, guys, what are we trying to blend in with? <laughs> Don't worry. We're hiding in a field of dories. No one will see us. <laughs> the last camo-ish thing that we did, I think, was like the mining throwbacks that we did. Like, that were in no way throwbacks, but we decided to just call them that because nothing means anything anymore. <laughs> and like, it would be if you wanted to hide in like a charcoal bin... It, it would do the job, but ugh. the whole point of camouflage is to blend in with things. And and to look cool in your fucking truck. It, please, at that point, it is not a truck. It is a truck. <laughs> so before we go on to our best team of all time for the week, let's plug some stuff. First off, we have our Patreon. $5 a month, you get to come chat with us. Be part of the committee where we come up with ideas. Yell at me when things go wrong. <laughs> And we're going to have some new things like Kamish's Corner coming to Patreon, some short podcast episodes that are season recaps. And I'll announce it here because I'm going to fucking do it. Beth and I had so much fun talking about fight songs the other day and Neck in an upcoming podcast episode with the podcast Feed Your Mascot. 
that Beth and I decided we're going to do short episodes where we review college football fight songs and just Heck yeah. roast them as long as we need to. <laughs> we also have a preseason poll from a real conference and we're doing a committee vote to help decide our ballot. So if you're in the discord, you can come join us and chat with us. Next, we have the merch store, sickos-committee.selfi.com, the store, sorry. <laughs> just go to our LinkedIn, sure, whatever. Our LinkedIn. Our LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Wait, God, we have LinkedIn? LinkedIn tree. Did we get a LinkedIn? Can we please no, we become LinkedIn posters? Uh, this oh is, I'm telling we you. can just talk about koala mentality all the time. We, we are going to, the next part of this grift is the grind set grift. Grind set. Sickos Essential grind oils set. and grind set, yeah. <laughs> Sickos grind set. That's the one that I can do, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What if we you gotta, hold up? What you if gotta we stay ha- up late to watch Hawaii at two a.m. Yeah, if you're, not, set. you're not dedicated yeah. if you don't pass the Hawaii test. That's okay. right. Natural supplements, sicko <laughs> supplements, sicko Pro- supplements, protein powder, pre-workout, post-workout for men. For men, for men, help you be more virile. For men, all, by, all by the men. all of these, all the Twitter ads I'm getting nowadays since I blocked everything are like <laughs> our slogan is mobile, virile, agile. agile. There we go. Huh? <laughs> There's the podcast tile. Got it. Thank you. Mobile. Your aisle. Agile. See, that does seem like something that a LinkedIn poster would post. It would mm-hmm. say that. Totally. I need to get on LinkedIn. You do. <laughs> Sickos-committee.selfi.store. We beveled a fucking shirt. It's great. You wouldn't bevel a shirt, but we did. We did. We beveled that shit. You wouldn't bevel the Cuyahoga Community College Triceratops, <laughs> but I'm gonna. It does say not to. It, it does doesn't. not say not to on their graphic design guide. Just uh, just for an update up. while we're reading, you know, live reaction pods. Uh, United States and Canada are going to penalties. Yeah. So so uh, it, it's going to be a mess. And and I have Hulu, so I'm going to be delayed. And, and I'm not going to be tweeting at all uh, okay. during this podcast uh, portion. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know it what's going to happen. Uh, Let's it go is Matt 1056 Turner. Eastern, and we are going to penalties. Hope y'all are concaffeinated. Conca. Conca-caffeinated. There we go. Conca-caffeinated. That's our – okay, that's – that's one of our natural enhancements. It's nothing but just pure caffeine, like liquid caffeine. Conca caffeine. Mm-hmm. Conca caffeine. Fermented inside of a soccer ball. That's right. Ooh. If you want to wake up early to watch the Faroe Islands play, but you want to stay up late to watch some conca calf. Mm-hmm. Side note, get hype for Women's World Cup after dark because it's in New Zealand. Oh, oh my It's going to be a fucking mess. Did you see that... Did you see that they found a kangaroo at the English Women's World Cup site, like practice site? Fucking Aussie spies. <laughs> the spies are coming in. The lady socceroos are spying. Mm-hmm. Literally. Is that what they're called? I don't know. The lady socceroos? I, I, yeah. I it sounds right. I don't Soccer- know. It is. Soccerettes. This stupid Soccer- thing that we're like, the lady whatever. The sugar socceroos. Oh, God. Hate that. Shout out to the sugar bears. I don't think they I think they finally stopped using that Central Arkansas. But for the longest so. time their women's were the sugar bears, and that was awful. Are we going back to designing women and sugar baker again? Can't but, get okay. enough of that. Sure. Was, was that. That was sugar bear, right? Can't get Can't enough get of that sugar bit? smack. I thought it was golden crisp, but okay. Sugar bear. Okay. Maybe they changed the name of that too. I have no idea. Also, Messes Board Geniuses podcast. They go to the places that we refuse to because like I, LinkedIn. Yeah. Like LinkedIn. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, some of their posters sound like they post on LinkedIn. Maybe that's their version of a disasters episode. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did think while we were getting all these new accounts that I need to set us up on either some like weird, obscure Russian social media account, social media platform, or like one of the popular ones, or I'll find a Chinese one. 
Oh, Sitco's committee joins VK. But yeah, right. Not just like, there to pirate books. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna basically cover every social media platform. Can we get back on MySpace? If we can, we're gonna do that. I mean, who would we? We'd have to pick a top eight. That'd be very tough. That would be tough. Is MySpace.biz available? Well, the wheel's spinning. I don't know. My DNS is like I've never tried this before. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever requested MySpace.biz before. <laughs> I'll, I'll update you when that loads. <laughs> we also have the Sicko Substack. Yep. where we've been covering things like teams who have never played before. We got something coming up that I had not gotten a chance to edit at this point uh, because I was I was busy watching my watching all these kids go down this crazy slide and and, and doing other stuff to get pre- prepared for a bunch of family coming in this upcoming weekend. But I should have it out at some point this week. We're doing a 1982 bowl season revisit. So the previous episode we had where New Mexico and Tulsa were both left out of the bowl games and they had to play in the computer generated justice bowl. And so Kevin did an entire rehash of the entire bowl selection of 1982. And so I have to go through it and edit it, but that's going to be coming to the sickos committee Substack stack uh, soon. And uh, I'm going to go through it, but Oh my God, he, <laughs> he, I don't know why he wanted to do this, but he rehashed 1982's bowl season just for the hell of it. And it's great, but I just hadn't posted it yet, but it should be coming out at some point this week. Pit girl made big arms. What happened? Uh, We are in penalties. Canada has gone twice. United States has gone twice. Canada's about to go again. Matt Turner has made two... So now only two excellent saves. U.S. was up one nothing. They are now tied one one. U.S. is about to go again. Yeah. Okay. And then lastly, we have home field apparel, soft shirts, wonderful things. Everyone seemed to love the new stuff from Penn State and Notre Dame. Mm. Everyone loved the mock stuff. Oh, Remember yeah. that if you use our code, yes, ha ha ha, yes, that's three ha's. It's live for 15% off your first time order. And this week, huge drop. They finally got Oregon. Yeah. Oregon. And then they're going to do a refresh of Indiana and Purdue, which is kind of weird. I don't think home field was based out of Indiana at all. Hmm. I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. No idea what that could possibly be. But I, I saw somebody in the quote tweet saying like, hey, I saw the price of the merchandise and it was kind of expensive. Yes, this is premium mm-hmm. collegiate apparel this is not just what you would get at walmart for 20 bucks this is not this is not the stuff this these shirts are incredibly soft Mm -hmm. these joggers the quarter zips this is high quality merchandise and and here at the sickos committee we only partner with the best and Mm -hmm. the best is is home field apparel and and printed by lovely folks in speedway indiana not in some random place you've never heard of speedway indiana where's that hmm Oh, probably it, by Purdue. Yeah. Probably by <laughs> Purdue. It's it's right by the trains. Must be I feel like Homefield is is a lot of Purdue alums. Feels that way. Feels that mm-hmm. way. Mm. <laughs> so as we go into more PKs, I'm also gonna have Kamish start his thing to see if he can do two things at once. Uh I, again I'm not watching the PKs. I okay. am very superstitious with PKs. So uh I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and, and go with this and, and try not to look at y'all. You can interrupt me whenever you want to. Uh, whenever we get the the outcome of the PKs, which I'm sure is is very dramatic, we are at a, we are at two oh, two. US is about to kick again. We're going on with the best season of all time, 
for teams who are below 500 all time, the BSO, W-A-B, 500 A-T for short. Part 31 of 40. When you say it like that with the 500, like, it sounds like a race. It is. NASCAR race. Or maybe one in Speedway, Indiana. Mm. It's it's only taken over 30 of these for my brain to be like, yeah, that's an absolute, like, that's a word. That's a word that he just said. When I, my friend Andrew loves the acronym. Yeah. He's, he's a big, huge fan of this incredibly clunky acronym that we have to say every time. And I'm like, we're good at branding. We just are. Yeah. Don't wait till our next series. Yes. It's a lot of fun. As always, yeah. branding is our passion. It is. Mm-hmm. So the team that I've chosen this evening, uh, this team is just four games below 500 all time. They're the team that is closest to 500, that is below 500 all time. So if they have a good season next year and they are above 500, they're probably going to be gone. But now we can preview them. And hold on. Let's see. We did the thing. Okay. We did the thing. We did the USA thing. USA advances 3-2 on penalties. We did the thing. Woohoo! We did the thing. Everybody makes USA. big arms. USA. 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 We did the Secretary thing. of Defense Matt Turner. Party hard. That's right. Arsenal. Matt Turner. Arsenal's Matt Turner. Never heard of them. Never heard of he Arsenal? He was in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> hold on. Let me tweet real quick. And we're we're back. <laughs> to the B-S-O-A-T-F-T-W-A. I'm going to cut it and just cut back to that. Short. And we're going to be laughing like... and no one's going to know why we're coming in laughing. <laughs> okay, but shout Perfect. out to the Secretary of Defense, the crossbar. That's right. The crossbar. And the Berenstein Bears, and you're never going to know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm, I'm going to start it again because I, I don't know what's going to make the cut after all that went down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. This team is just four games below 500 all time. They are the closest team that is considered in this, you know, best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. They're the closest to 500. So essentially next year, if they go and win four more games and they lose, they're off this list. So this team is the Washington State Cougars. Go Cougs. Wow. So I want to give a couple shout outs to a bunch of these teams here. Shout out to 1906 Wazoo. They were six and oh, that was their, their only other undefeated season. Shout out to 1930 Wazoo. They went nine and one and they lost the Rose Bowl. Shout out to Mike Price's 1997 Wazoo. They went 10 and two and they lost the Rose Bowl. Shout out to, Mike Price's 2002 Wazoo. Uh, they went 10 and 2 and they, they lost the Rose Bowl. <laughs> uh, and shout out to 2018 Wazoo. They went 11 and 2, most wins all time. Uh, they won the Alamo Bowl and they were coached by uh, the late Mike Leach. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. So, the best team of all time, I am going to have their only team to ever win the Rose Bowl, the 1915 yeah. <laughs> Washington State. Cougars. That, is that really the only time they've won the Rose Bowl? That is the only time they have won the Rose Bowl. They have made it four times. They are one in three. Hey, Arizona fans, the Rose Bowl is this game that you get to go to if you win the Pac-12. <laughs> I thought Rich Rod took them there. Just hateful. Just a hateful. Just, just a hateful person. <laughs> Hater in the house. So let's let's talk about 1915 Wazoo. 
their head coach, Lone Star Deets. <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. Love it. Nicknames. Was he Texan? No. <laughs> cool. He was not Perfect. Texan. That was my first Top. inkling. I thought he was nicknamed Lone Star because he was from Texas and he please, went up to Pullman, please Washington. Please be from, please, please be from like New Hampshire. Uh, it's close. Uh, Lone Star Deets, he's actually a, a Native American. He went to the Carlisle oh, okay. Native American School in Pennsylvania, oh. in Carlisle, oh. Pennsylvania. Ayo. Beginning in 1907, he was a star player for their football team. He played with famous college football player Jim Thorpe under famous coach Pop Warner. Ooh. Yep. He's got pedigree. He does have pedigree. After his playing days were over, Dietz became an assistant coach under Pop Warner at Carlisle. Washington State, which hadn't had a winning season since 1909, was looking for a coach to turn the program around. They hired Dietz in 1915 after getting a reference letter from Pop Warner. I'm just trying to imagine the mail from like Pennsylvania to Washington State. He's hired this guy. Stop. Telegram or, yeah, oh my God. Something like that. But like a handwritten letter. And somebody just signs Pop Warner? I mean, how how are you going to verify that back? Like, how do you check references back in the day? But that may come up later at some point. How do you check references nowadays? I don't know. You know, they actually had to mail you Pop Warner. I don't know. They they caught George O'Leary, so I don't I don't know what happens now. (laughs) Yeah, you don't mind. Yet some dude, yet some dude gets to be congressman, even though he lied about all his shit. Yeah, apparently that doesn't work out. You know, so I mean. So, are you saying that Notre Dame has higher standards in Congress? Oh, that's that would that required me to give compliments to Notre Dame that I don't feel comfortable making. Okay, All right. All right. <laughs> I, would, I already had to be way too nice on them on a, a podcast about marching bands because they had the first college band. So, yeah. I already feel bad enough about that. So, is it a compliment to Notre Dame, or is it just that the bar is on the floor? Okay, I feel better about that. Okay, okay, there we go. <laughs> you needed you need pit girl on your your other shoulder. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's continue. So one thing about Washington State, which was which was amazing back in back in that time, uh, through 1912 through 1925, Washington State had four straight Native American head coaches, starting with Nebraska graduate John Chief Bender, uh, who was the coach of the 1906 team, followed by three former players from the Carlisle Native American School: Lone Star Dietz, Gus Welch, and Albert Exendine. So that's four straight Native American coaches that they had in that time frame from 1912 to 1925. Huh. Lots of people talking about the Carlisle to Washington pipeline. Yeah. Sorry. You know, so. I mean, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Can somebody map that for me? Carlisle, Pennsylvania to Pullman, you. Washington? It's give pretty me, far. Give as, me someone, a, as someone about 20 minutes the other side of Carlisle. It, give it's, me the, yeah. Yeah. Give me a train trip if you can find that for me. Oh my oh gosh! Okay, keep talking. Days. I got to pull Amtrak. Give me a second. Train the, trip. Am- you would you would go through Chicago to Seattle, and then if you can take the train from Seattle to Pullman, that's how you would go. That's that's what I want to know because there was no flying at this time. So this this got to be great. I know they invented flight. You know, before just take then. the Oregon Trail and turn right. That's right. I'm I'm glad these folks didn't die of dysentery. Like Oregon Trail, the game. Or snake bite. Yeah, true. Does Jordan have it yet or no? I'll keep going. I, this oh, is, keep going. I'll keep Amtrak going. takes me a while, man. This is, this is, is Yeah, the website's it's not just the like greatest. Amtrak. The, the, 
which is better train scene in this country. All right. So Lone Star Dietz arrived in 1915 and had immediate impact. He led the Washington State Cougars to a 7-0 finish and the only Rose Bowl win in the school's history. He went 17-2-1 at Washington State between 1915 and 1917. Uh, he then coached the Mare Island Marines out of Vallejo, California, in the Rose Bowl of the following the 1918 season. He later made it to a third Rose Bowl as an assistant coach with Stanford. Overall, as a coach, he went 70-47-6 at five schools, 20-3 with the Mare Island Marines, and 11-11-2 as an NFL coach with the Boston Braves, of the National Football League for two seasons in 1933 and 1934. He so impressed the owner, George Preston Marshall, that the team was renamed the, put a a bleep here, in his honor, which the the name that stuck after the move to Washington, D.C. Yeah, this was the Boston, yes. So it was the- Okay. Ooh, that's- uh, Yes. Uh, By the way, if you leave- you gotta go to Harrisburg to get the to get the train. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. You leave, you leave Harrisburg at two thirty six p.m. on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You get to Pullman at eight twenty five a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, that sounds right because it probably has you taking the train to Pittsburgh and then transferring to the Chicago train and then transferring again mm-hmm. sometime after you get to Spokane to and then a bus to Pullman. Yeah. Okay. A truly so, hell. Like, I would not wish that upon four anyone. days. I'm just gonna keep going. You could just I, walk. I gotta figure out what Greyhound will do. Go up. I mean, if you walk, it takes 788 hours. And I would walk 788 more. Which is around 32 more. days. <laughs> and I would walk 788 more. Come on. <laughs> All right. I love it, Jordan. Da 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 da. Um, da 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 da. <laughs> so I'm going to go a little bit into the history of the, the coach here. Just a little bit. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be a little delicate here, but I'll come back to it a little bit later towards the end of the, the pod uh, in this section here. Lone Star Dietz has a strange and contested history regarding his Native American history. Dietz's heritage was first contested in 1916, which is a year after this season, after former neighbors who settled on the Pacific coast heard he was posing as a Native American. In 1918, the FBI looked into his heritage after he registered for the draft as a non-citizen Native American with an allotment. The Bureau found that he had taken on the identity of James One Star, an Ogala man for, of the Pine Ridge Native American Reservation, 12 years his senior, who had disappeared in Cuba in 1894. You could just do this back in the day. Mm-hmm. You could. Uh, you could just do this. Dietz also claimed he was the head of an American film company that produced propaganda films for the for World War One. Hmm. So I, I linked the Wikipedia in the show doc. Uh, you can read more here. I won't get into too much detail. But again, I'm going to come back to that contested heritage a little bit later towards the end here, okay? Uh, This team, the 1915 Wazoo team, has a book, which I love this. I love when they write a book about their best team of all time. Uh, The book is called Chance for Glory. It is currently $18.24 on Amazon by the author Darren Watkins, which I was able to get a, a good amount of excerpts from this without having to purchase the book. So shout out Darren Watkins for writing this. I appreciate you. Uh, Lone Star Deech, uh, as you can see right here, this is a team photo. They're all like wearing fancy robes, which is, I guess, the thing for the time Uh-oh. in a team oh, no. photo. No. Oh, no. What Gosh. happened? You, you were stuck for a second. Oh, okay. I'll say that again. 
Um, if you scroll down a little bit, you can see the 1915 team. They're all wearing robes, what the which f- is the photo uh, that they that? had. And then if you look in the upper left-hand corner, uh, there is Dietz, Lone Star they Dietz. Don't even look, they don't even look like robes. It's like they're all wearing Snuggies. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. The Snuggie was invented in, in Pullman, Washington in 1915. Do the, the Snuggie. I like Lone Star's hat. It's a good yeah. hat. I'll come back to that a little bit further too. Oh God! Everything uh, is going to be weird about this. We're coming back. Well, we're going to get to the Lone Star thing uh, right now. Actually, about his hat. Uh, Lone Star Deets had quite the wardrobe. The pictures above show him in his typical game day sideline attire. Deets was a dandy at Pullman, dressing dandy in formal Dietz. wear. Ooh. Dressing in formal wear and bringing so many clothes, his belongings had to be stored in the gym. King school gym. So I linked the story that that they gave me that information there. If you want to check on that, we have to play half court basketball. Yes, because, because Dietz has all his, his. The rest of it is a closet. <laughs> it's, it's Dietz's closet. He led the Cougars to seventeen wins, two losses, and one tie over three years. Uh, eight hundred and seventy-five. I'm sorry, an eight seventy-five winning percentage. The Cougars scored four hundred ninety-seven points and surrendered just thirty-eight in Ooh. those three years. Spicy. I mean, just amazing. Many newspapers carried photos of Lone Star strolling the sideline in a full tuxedo, stovepipe hat, and a cane. Like you do. Yes. Here's some pictures of him strolling the sideline with <laughs> full tuxedo, stovepipe hat, and his cane. I love it. It's a serve. He's, I mean, he is serving looks, and his Wazoo boys were serving everybody on the field. Look at the pleats on imagine... those pants. Those are some sharp fucking. Mm-hmm. How do you get pleats like that in 19 whatever? With an he's iron wearing the same a cravat. That is true. Okay. He, he's got a cravat with a stick pin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. I mean, that's got to be that's, insane. Well, here's the thing. Like, it's not just a suit. That's a morning coat. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's formal. formal. A, yeah, this is like full on English morning coat wear. We need the Holy Washington cow. State coach to, to pull this off now. Jake Dickert, please do it. What kind of shoes are they? I can't quite tell. I can't tell. They look like, you know. Menswear guy on Twitter. Rate this look. Absolutely. Are those spats? It might be. Oh, I don't know. I don't and those are gloves. Are they? Oh, yeah, they are. Look at the back of his hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. those, his, those are gloves. The tennis his hands gloves. are not like that. Those are gloves. Oh, my. That's full morning. Oh, my God. This is a wonder. Seriously. Did someone post this in the Discord yet? We need to post this. Yeah, I'll, in I'll, the I'll, Discord. Drop, I'll drop it. Throw it in there. No... No Absolutely context. no context. No context. Just throw that in there. So this is uh, Lone Star in front of his his team, which they have this this awesome W, and you know some of them and the players and everything like that. Uh, there's some photos of them having to like climb a hill, like an army crawl up a hill, <laughs> bear crawls, doing bear crawls up the hill in uniform to practice. I got a photo of the team here uh, posing on the field in Pasadena in the huddle position. Uh, there, you know, some are wearing the padding and the sweat jerseys. A few are wearing some helmets, but this is before their Rose Bowl game. So I want to get to their team captain. This is kind of funny, but uh, Washington State star player and team captain was Carl Dietz. So no Nepo relation. Babe? Okay, not Nepo no babe. relation. Okay. No relation <laughs> to the coach. So not a. I, I don't even. Okay, I think I know what Nepo Baby is now from context. I mean, you can tell that he has no relation to the coach just simply from the fit of those pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. Horrendous. Lone Star Dietz would never. Oh. Lone Star Dietz would never. So, Carl Dietz, no relation 
to Lone Star. He played end, fullback, halfback, handled the punting and kicking duties as well. He was yeah. also a track star. And an article in Washington State's newspaper in 1924 declared him Washington State's all-time greatest athlete. So I don't think anybody else has contested that since 1924. So Carl Dietz, Washington State's uh, greatest athlete. Whenever someone declares someone the greatest athlete of all time for anywhere, I always laugh that in a hundred years, people are going to be like, like someone will clearly come along since then. But, you know, again, this is the best season of all time for teams that are below, below 500 of all time. So he, he's still the greatest athlete to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Mm-hmm. By, by the way, uh, uh, by bus, yeah. you can get, if you leave Harrisburg at 8.15 p.m., you can get to Pullman three days later at 2.10 p.m. With only three transfers. Oh, only three transfers. Awesome. Yeah. Harrisburg to St. Louis. St. Louis to Denver. Denver to Boise. Sorry, one more transfer. And then Boise to Pullman. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd rather take the train, even though it takes longer. You get more leg room and there's Wi-Fi. No, they have well, Wi-Fi I mean, now that... on, on Greyhound. Okay. There you go. Done. I mean, I, I like the train itself. I, I like to sleep on the top and, and, and get bumped into one of those catch things. Those are a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know what those are. If you're listening to this, if if it's never traveled on Amtrak, where they have the, I think it's like a first class car or whatever. They have the sleepers, and then at the top they put like this netting that you should probably have for bunk beds also. But they have this netting because when they connect cars or disconnect cars, the train violently shakes and it will rock you out of that. And oh yeah, that you'll will, fly. That'll catch you at like three in the morning. I think my favorite is when I took the train from New Orleans to Phoenix growing up and I was in the top. We stopped in San Antonio and they added three cars. And yeah, when they added those cars, I was in the kitchen. <laughs> we, were at, we were at the back of the train before they added the three cars. So I went straight into that. Ridiculous. All right, let's go to the Washington skate. Washington State schedule. I'm dying laughing here. Shout out Sunset Limited. Uh, Amtrak there. So I wanted to note that for the first of two consecutive years, Wazoo did not play their in-state rival, Washington. Now, typically they play almost every year or every other year they would take a a break in this time frame. But since 1945, they've they've played every year. Uh, But in this time frame, they didn't necessarily play every, every year. They would play every other year. So this was kind of weird that these two years they did not play. So 1915 and 1916, they did not play. So their schedule, it's only seven games long. But, you know, again, it's 1915. Schedules are really, really not the same of what they are. So they went to Oregon. Uh, I'm sorry, they Oregon came up to Pullman. They beat Oregon 28-3. Then they beat the Oregon State Beavers in Corvallis 29-0. They traveled down. I, I don't know, eight miles away. Yeah, eight, it's, eight, it's eight miles. Eight miles east yes. to Idaho in Moscow, the Battle of the Palouse. And they beat Idaho 41 nothing. The headline for that one, it says, uh, Washington State gets sweet revenge on Idaho, scoring its greatest victory 41 to nothing. Uh, Belton Bangs is, is a hero of, of slashing backfield. Which I'm sorry, literally... Belt, Belton Bangs? Belton Bangs. Bangs. Benton Bangs. Yeah. Simple oh, sentence. Benton Bangs. My ben, bad. It's a Belton. simple sentence. <laughs> it's a simple sentence. Benton, Benton Bangs. Benton Bangs. All right. Is a hero of slashing backfield, which literally rips Moscow defense into shreds. And he makes four what? touchdowns. 
Those of you who are mad about overuse and incorrect use of literally, mm-hmm. die mad. They were doing it in 1915 in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Right. To shreds, you say. To shreds. shreds, you say. You can actually see some stats here in this newspaper article that I clipped. If you, if you want to make it a little bit bigger, you can go ahead and do that so you can see okay. it. The the fun thing is they actually list drop kicks. Oh, bottom. yeah. It says drop kicks attempted, drop kicks successful. I don't know. tried Three drop kicks? Three drop Zero kicks. Zero successful drop kicks. Um, you know, both of them. Which was, to be fair, the same number of successful drop kicks that Wazoo had. Hmm. True. Uh, Murphy's way more successful with drop kicks. <laughs> the Cougars only punted twice. Their average distance of punt was 40 yards. I know, punted four. I just love how we could. Yards gained by forward passes 45 for Washington State, nine for Idaho. Idaho First downs. The, Idaho's a military academy at this point. Yeah. It's crazy. Idaho had eight first downs. Washington State had 30. So, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, yards. I'm uh, oh, sorry. Forward passes intercepted. Idaho had w- through one interception. Um, and, and Washington State returned that one 52 yards. It's, it's so weird. It's crazy. So the next game after that, uh, they go to play back home. They just drive back eight miles home to play Montana. They beat Montana 27-7. The game after that, they're still at home in Pullman. They play Whitman. Uh, They win 17-0. Then they go up to Spokane to play Gonzaga. Zags. The Zags, when they actually had football. The newspaper article here says, Washington State rolls up 48-0, score on Gonzaga on a muddy field. Local lads fight hard, but are outclassed Deets machine mows down opponents. Washington State gleeful in UW score comparison. So they're happy that they beat Gonzaga by more than Washington did. Transitive wins. So again, the transitive property, huge. You know, we always joke about it nowadays, but you kind of got to use it in in college football. So they beat Gonzaga 48-0. And how much... The Huskies beat Gonzaga by 21-7. Oh, that's less. Shut them out. That's right. And Washington played at Gonzaga, 121-7. The attendance was was 1,000. Not that many people there. So they're 6-0. The Cougs, 6-0. Won whatever conference they were in. I think they were conference yeah. at that point. You know, they weren't technically in a conference at the time. They were independent. And the reason why they hung their hat on the score difference with Gonzaga the most is because them and Washington were both seven and zero. Mm. Ooh! So, you know, the hey. score difference was a big, big deal. You know, big deal. Uh, Washington very different back then than it is now. Yeah, no, big deal. Don't do that right? anymore. Score yeah, we have advanced metrics and stuff. That tell we us have advanced that. metrics. Totally, we don't use the transitive property. So, at the end of the regular season, Washington State was invited to play in the first Tournament of Roses game since January 1902. This was really the beginning of the Rose Bowl's relaunch as the game was played every year afterward. So basically, the Rose Bowl took a break from 1902 and returned with Washington State. This is the this is the second Rose Bowl ever. Yes. So it's fine. They, they just took trying. a gap 14 years. Everybody sure. does it. 14 year break. Just like, you know, me in college. Uh, a 14 year break <laughs> from graduating to go back to get my master's. I think that was 14 years. It does seem right. It does. So they were trying to get an opponent for this Rose Bowl. 
because again, it's the only bowl game. It's all the way across the country. Uh, unfortunately, Pitt was too busy trying to negotiate an extra game against Cornell. Nebraska, Syracuse, and Michigan also declined invitations to play. So the Rose Bowl was able to get Brown. The Brown Bears in the Rose Bowl. Sure. This was not a great Brown team either, by the way. Not really. It was 5-3-1 and one Brown. Yeah. But they have – I'm, I'm going to hype up Brown in just a little bit for you here. There's a link there. Uh, there's an article which is basically the greatest football story ever. This is like the excerpt from the book that I'm reading. The okay. So it's, it's from the author. The, the, the Cougars blog posted a bunch from the author, Darren Watkins, there. So if you want to do that. Also, there is a Washington State Library digital collection there's that has all this stuff, all this stuff from this Rose Bowl. Uh, I dropped a picture in chat of Benton Bangs holding an ostrich egg. Yes, there's Benton Bangs, as I called him, Belton Bangs. Uh, but Benton Bangs, that's right. It says two men are posing while holding up two ostrich eggs. Washington State players toured a California ostrich farm prior to their January Rose Bowl game. It appears that one of the individuals is Benton Bangs. It appears because it appears this is over a hundred years old and we can't do this. Uh, it's a former football player and graduate of Washington State. He earned a degree in agriculture. Later on, Benton was appointed county agriculturist by Skagit County Commissioner. So you know, inferring from you know, context. Maybe it was Benton Bangs holding up the ostrich egg. We're not even sure. It might We're be Benton Bangs. I don't fucking know. It may be. Kind of. Looks like Benton. All the bangs look the same to me. So here's, here is the actual poster. The Tournament of Roses. That's gorgeous. New Year's Day midwinter floral pageant. Football. Brown University versus State College of Washington. Pasadena, California. And then the official souvenir program, it's basically in the shape of a football. That's adorable. There is I more. Love that. If you want to find that on eBay, I'm trying to figure out how much it was on eBay. 1916 uh, Wazoo program. I think I still have the link up. Uh, Rose Bowl program. I was trying to figure out how much the bids were going for this because it's intact. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like it's going to be super expensive, but let's check it out. Um, shopping. <laughs> oh come on you don't want to work for me right now it's really gorgeous it is we do more shit like this it i mean yeah. it's it's beautiful it's it's shaped like a football so i'm trying to find it and i i can't find it anymore of course i thought i had it saved there it is all right perfect um there's an scp auctions site i'm trying to figure out how much they're selling this for uh the minimum bid is 200 dollars. i have one on mexican ebay Okay. Los eBay. Los eBay. It's in Spanish. I'm not sure why it's in Spanish. Uh, Ebole. <laughs> but it, it says that the uh, starting bid for it is uh, nine and a half grand. So. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I mean, listen, those, that font is beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I got it there. It is it's gorgeous. Right. It says uh, Programa Rose Bowl 1916 Maron. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Versus Estadio de Washington. Estado de Washington. <laughs> Wait, Maron. It's just brown. It's yeah. brown. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's ninety five hundred. No, but if you look at the pictures, there's the official program. You can see like the team captains and everything like that. I mean, and, it, it's it's immaculate. It's, uh, it's beautiful. I don't it, know that it, it is fantastic. in fact worth almost ten grand. Uh, 
plus a hundred dollars in shipping. What? But. Okay, well that's just. I mean, come on, you got to give me free shipping at that point. Yeah. Well, weren't you paying attention earlier? It takes days to get there by train. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean, nowadays, you know, I want they have to, like the whole I'm, lineups and everything. I'm gonna make. There's I'm a... gonna make this program, but I'm gonna I'm gonna like change this to something for us. I like that so much. Oh, absolutely. I love that so much. Okay. It comes with a scorecard inside the program, so you could actually physically take score. Actually going to make our own Sickos Media Guide, and it's going to look like this. Programa de los Perfect. There's some oh my goodness, you have your own scorecard? Oh, I love this. Yeah. Great. You have your own scorecard. So it's like baseball scorecards before fo- Oh, this is great. Yes. This is wonderful. I love this. Why don't we do this? I'm sorry. Deep down, and the only thing I ever want to do at a sporting event is apparently take notes. Yeah, I was. I was the guy. Put you, you in a locker. I was the guy on the, <laughs> the baseball team that wasn't that great, and I would pinch run every now and then for our very slow catcher. So when I was like a freshman or sophomore on our baseball team, I was the guy always taking score. So I, mm. I'm very good at taking score. So I, I completely understand that. But I was not that great of an athlete. But you know, when I was on the varsity team, I, I didn't do anything but pinch run. For our, our big old catcher, that was about it. <laughs> they used my. I leg. have I have so many scorecards. I have books of scorecards of pirate of bad pirates games I have seen in person. <laughs> oh Same. god! So I have a ticket to the Rose Bowl. If you scroll down a little bit further, Tournament Great. Park, California Just Street, used. Just gently used. Uh, this ticket is subject to uh, ripped off, but yes, I also found a menu. So also, also by the way, so this was not at the Rose Bowl. No. This was the Rose Bowl, but not, this is a tournament park. The Rose the original Bowl stadium. itself, I assume, did not exist yet. Right. Nope. This is a tournament stadium, sense. which is a tournament park, which is actually still there. Uh, Cal- uh, Caltech maintains it now. Hmm. Oh, okay. They used to have, like, chariot races and shit there. So I found, I found. I hope that by used to, you mean, like, last month. God, I kind of wish. I mean, also, I shouldn't the chariot races have been at the Coliseum? Oh, that would have been You'd better. think that, wouldn't you? You would think so. No, the only person that does chariot races now is Oklahoma, and usually it goes just fine. <laughs> okay, ben, we're gonna re- we're gonna remake Ben Hur <laughs> with the Sooner Schooner. Yes, you see it here. You see what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. All you have to do is explain to them that they're gonna get really sick rims. So I, I would want to say I found a menu of what they ate. This is great. This is this amazing. Is, this is a menu of what they ate. It was the New Year's night. Tournament of Roses Association complimentary dinner, dinner Brown versus Washington. Uh, it, they put Washington University on this, which is great. Whoops. So they, they messed that up. I, I can't. I would like to read some of this for y'all. Read some. Yeah, right please do because there's the one space that just like it, my brain is broken. I staring love it. At it. So so we have California fruit cocktail, essence essence of fresh tomatoes on toss with celery, radishes, and mission olives, Monterey okay. salmon. With cranberries and I can't tell what that is. You can zoom in if you gotta. I it, tried, but it's it's. I, I I'm on the I'm, clear. I mean, I'm on the original. It's still not clear. Yeah. Then a, I could, a, I a get noisette of baby lamb a la brown. Oh, for brown. So, I, is this the next one you want to talk about? Yup. Oh, crimp God. de menthe punch. Nice. No. Hell yeah. Crimp like. I'm We're getting imagine- everyone trashed on grasshoppers, I guess. Someone, someone's Woo! got two bottles of creme de menthe turned over in a punch bowl. Yes. <laughs> glug, 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 glug. Dude, grasshoppers See, are delicious, by my, the way. And this is just part of part of my very broken brain. Um, so, I mean, I grew up in Pennsylvania. 
And anytime I think of punch, I think of milk punch because we're broken here. And so I'm imagining someone putting creme de menthe in that, and it is just a stomach churning nightmare. Oh, I, I, but I guarantee you this was a milk punch. Oh, it's guaranteed, man. It's, I, it's a grasshopper. Yeah, this is This was like this was like cream. I'm not a hundred percent on what Beth is talking about. This seems like a Western PA thing, but I don't think the milk Beth milk punch Beth is talking about is the same as like cocktail people milk punch. What are you talking about, Beth? So. Milk oh. Punch has um, usually ice cream, cream, sherbet, and orange juice. Oh, wait. It couldn't have been a grasshopper. So. It wasn't. Wait. The grasshopper drink wasn't invented until 1918. What is. Ice cream, sherbet, yeah. cream, yeah. and yeah. orange juice? Yeah. What do you drink this for? Parties? Celebrate farming? I wish I was kidding. That's why. <laughs> Pennsylvania milk punch. As I said, am I personally familiar with this? No. Did I expect what Beth said? Absolutely. I was expecting like, oh, like a bourbon milk punch. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Did oh, did you look? Did you look up PA milk punch? Because the very first thing on there is yeah. the frosty cow milk punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cold milk, vanilla ice cream, concentrated orange juice in a can. Usually you add rainbow sherbet because it adds, makes this like pretty foam on the top. The uh, the first result for me is from the PA Dairy Princess website. Because of course it is. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the PA Dairy Princess. And then there's the other one down there that has orange juice, pineapple juice, lemon juice, vanilla, ice cream, and milk. How does this not curdle? I didn't say it didn't. <laughs> like a fucking... Oh my God. Yeah, but in my head you're putting creme de menthe in that. <laughs> Okay, so I, I did find an older cocktail recipe for creme de menthe that was bourbon, brandy, creme de menthe, and club soda, which sounds awful, but that's probably, probably closer to what they had. This ought to be fun. I'm just going to post this recipe right on in the Discord. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, continuing on, we have oh, Washington Young Capon with a new green peas. We also have hearts of lettuce with Russian dressing, a glass Neapolitan and petite fours. Nice. Buckfurt and Neufchatel cheese, toasted crackers, and cafe noir. Can you read the names of the entertainers? Uh, that would on the be left hand side. Uh, yeah, Louis Gastia's Venetian Orchestra. Oh yeah. Mister and Mrs. Roden Berkeley, Miss Gail Langdon, and Milk Babka. <laughs> no, Mademoiselle. It's Mademoiselle. Mademoiselle <laughs> Babka. It looks like milk. It, it does. does. It does look like milk. No, to be fair. You know that, what? That's what it says. That's what I've decided. Milk. Milk <laughs> babka. Milk babka. It's a fucking West PA thing. Oh, no. It's like where you make, you know, you put milk. You make and babka have you... and you just soak it in babka. Yeah, that's yeah. what you do. It's like a Tress Lutch's cake. That would actually probably be pretty good. Actually, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I found a, a Rose Bowl video. There's no sound, of course. It's six minutes long. There's some... The play doesn't start until like four minutes. You can watch what you want to watch out of that. But I I can't believe that I found actual clips of video of the 1916 Rose Bowl that Washington State played in. Uh, The Tournament of Roses Committee selected Washington State to represent the West with Brown University by virtue of having knocked off powerhouse Yale and Carlisle. Hey, Carlisle's back in the mix here to represent the East. In the backfield for Brown was somebody known as Fritz Pollard. The human torpedo. The human torpedo. Yes. 
Brown, I know it's colored. Again, you're giving you're giving some crap to like Brown not being good, but I mean they had the human torpedo. Uh, Brown would later become the first black player and coach in the National Football League. Uh, Fritz Pollard would. You said Brown. Yeah, yeah. Fritz Pollard. Uh, so why did it say Brown? I copied and pasted that. So, all right. Fritz Pollard would later become the first black player and coaching the NFL. The human torpedo. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know him. So there's some, there's some things before the game that they allege that what few have known is that the night before the game, Coach Dietz didn't think his team could win. Pollard, Pollard was just too powerful. They could not stop the human torpedo. While his players had done a magnificent job of outscoring opponents to the tune of 190 to 10, Dietz believed he just didn't have an answer. The odds makers agreed, making Brown a 3-1 to one favorite. The human torpedo, even though there were 5-3-1 and one, and Washington State was 6-0, and oh, they were 3-1 to one underdogs. What no one counted on was the weather. I have a Western Union telegram that I found about the weather report. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing and i want to do like the telegram thing where i say oh, like, yeah. stop after each sentence so i'm gonna go ahead and do that mm-hmm. uh weather cold and drizzling attendance eight thousand. grounds wet and soggy stop referee wh eckersall umpire dr aw smith field judge jb ersfield headline headlinesman c holly stop linesman d whitmer and J.G. Wells, timekeeper, is W.S. Whitmer. Stop. Both teams flocked field simultaneously at 2.10 p.m., still raining, and officials in consultation relative postponement. It was decided to go on with the game, regardless of the wet weather. The wet weather favors Washington State. Stop. Washington State kicks off to Andrews' yard line. Browns returns 20 yards. Stop. <laughs> trying to imagine sending like game updates through telegram Telegram. So, you know Twitter they say the it never rains in southern california and yet i just love the fact that like we give who the officials are at the game we talk about how we talked about a postponement then then we give the very first play i want to believe that there are hundreds of telegrams after this with every single play <laughs> of this game the, like this, the ESPN live updating thing. Get them on the horn, boys, and tell them how to take them down. Uh, but <laughs> definitely. So heavy rains poured all New Year's Eve, leaving the field a muddy mess. In the soupy conditions, Pollard could not get any traction. So the human torpedo was submerged by the muddy by the muddy field. Stuck on the, the bottom. Morning of, the morning of the game, Deech changed his team's entire game plan and went no huddle in 1916. Whoa. No hey, huddle. Also, a sick assistant coach, Doc Bowler, had somehow come up with extra long mud cleats that would also <laughs> give the team an advantage. I'm imagining like the golf aeration shoes. Here are my murder spikes. They're definitely not for murdering. So there's there's no way that Doc Buller was an actual doctor, right? Like we're just being real clear here. No. And if he if he did, he had like a tonic of something. I was gonna say, like, Doc Buller was a well respected medicine man who would bring you all sorts of wonderful sarsaparilla draughts that would cure you of the rickets. He's from Pennsylvania. Of course oh, he is. God. He's from of course. Everyone is from Pennsylvania, apparently. 
All the way, the, the Pullman to Pennsylvania connection. This entire he, podcast. He was incredible. principal director, coach, and trainer at Washington State. And baseball coach. <laughs> and baseball coach. So in the first half, the teams played to a scoreless tie. The relentless no-huddle attack of Washington State had Brown players so exhausted, they dropped to the field in exhaustion as halftime began. The second half was all Washington State. Time after time, the team plunged into the vaunted Brown defense. They said vaunted on their own. As they worked their way down the field, ending in the end zone not once, but twice. So Wazoo won the game 14-0. They shut down the human torpedo, and they finished 7-0. and On Wiki, it says that Washington State has never claimed the season as a national title. Why the fuck would you not? It is an unclaimed national title on Wiki. However, 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 in 2014... The Washington State Senate Resolution 8715 recognized the 1915 Washington State College football team as national champions. The resolution uh, was on the team's 99th anniversary and was sponsored by State Senator Michael Baumgartner, an alumnus of Washington State. So basically, the state Senate concluded claimed the national title, but it doesn't appear the school has claimed it. But the state recognizes the 1915 team as the national champions. Washington State, if the state has recognized this, why do you not hang a banner in your stadium? Why is this not up there? Because because claim that shit. You know who claims the title that year, right? Cornell, Hail right? Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. Oh, oh, cool. hail to Pitt. 1916 is a Hail to Pitt year. 1915. Yeah, 1916 Rose Bowl. This would be 1915. Oh, whoops. Hold up. Sorry, my bad. No, it's uh, Pitt and Cornell, yes. Okay. okay. So, so still Pitt year. Ayo. Claim it, Washington State. Claim yeah, it. Pitt didn't win the Rose Bowl. Pitt didn't win the Rose Bowl. And also the Senate claimed it for you. So hang it up. Yes. For God's sake. Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to talk about here. Minnesota and Oklahoma also claimed 1915. Okay. I want to say. Calm your shit down there, Oklahoma. I'm going to say here, there's a question that was proposed apparently in 2002, but I'm going to ask this now too also. Is, is Washington State cursed to never win the Rose Bowl again? Is there a Lone Star curse? Oh, okay. I was going to say maybe it's because they didn't claim it. No. It's the whole thing that, like, if you you give up a good parking space, you'll never get one again because God will be angry at you. That's why you put the parking chair there. Mm -hmm. So I want to say there. I'm coming back to the Lone Star Deets questionable Native American lineage here. So did Washington State unwittingly set itself up for a century of bad karma? by failing to stand up for Lone Star Deets in the face of an unfair attack. It's a notion that seemed to gain momentum with the bizarre way the the Cougars' last Rose Bowl game occurred in 1998 and ended on the 26-yard line with two seconds mysteriously gone from the clock. Uh, it's a notion that has gained currency with Mike Price's untimely announcement just 14 days before the upcoming Rose Bowl in 2002 that he's moving to Alabama. By the way... Just for ultimate sickosness, look up what occurred with Mike Price, 2002 Alabama head coach. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. look that shit up. If you don't know what occurred, I'm going to let it go from here. But yeah. I'm just going to say. Yep. Yep. That's what I thought it was. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. Look it up. If you don't know what it is, look it up and just like go, oh, my God. Yes. There could be a Lone Star curse. So keep I do- in mind this. I do have a tiny, tiny correction to make. I apologize. Minnesota and Oklahoma were named for 1915. They do not claim 1915. Claim that shit. 
Yeah, claim it. Hold up. Claim it. Absolutely claim it. Everybody Let me get mad at you for claiming it. Yes, I'd rather you to get get mad at you for claiming it than not claiming. Claim it. It doesn't matter. I mean, really, just do it. Uh, there was no system at the time. Just claim it. So, if there is a curse of Lone Star, its roots can, roots can be traced to a Spokane restaurant and a cup of sugar. Dietz was eating there one day when a fellow diner, diner by the name of J.C. Argel scolded the coach for using too much of what at that time was a ration commodity, sugar, because World War I was going on. The two had words, and Argel swore to get even at Dietz. As fate would have it, World War I broke out making revenge all too easy. Argel was made uh, head of the Spokane Draft Board. Since Washington State's football program was on ice for a year because of the war that was in 1918, Dietz went off to coach the Marine Corps football team called the Mare Island Marines with every intention of coming back to Pullman for the 1919 season. Argel took the opportunity to check out Dietz's draft status. Men over the age of 31 were required to register for the draft, and Lone Star, whose mother was a full-blooded Sioux Native American, registered as a non-citizen Native American. Argel cited citing an, an old Portland, Oregonian story that claimed that Dietz really wasn't Native American and had Lone Star indicted for draft evasion. Oh, shit. Hmm. Even though oh the God. Marine Corps officers stated that Dietz trained daily to become a Marine after football season was over, and even though documents from Dietz's alma mater, the Carlisle Native American Industrial School, verified his ancestry, Administrators at Washington State, apparently fearful of the bad PR during those patriotic times, turned against Lone Star. It was a move <sighs> believed made easy by President E.O. Holland, who felt perpetually upstaged by the charismatic football coach. I, I say, E.O. Holland, you need to step up your dressing game. You need to put on mm -hmm. this hat. You need to step out with a cane. You need to step up your game. This is all on you here. Put on your Sunday clothes when you feel down and out. That's okay. right. Do it. So this is weird that how it ties to the Babe Ruth thing here. So it's going to tie to the curse of the Bambino. Oh, my God. In January 1920, as the Red Sox were getting their money for uh, Babe Ruth, Lone Star, broke due to the failure of the motion picture company that he had started, could no longer pay to defend himself. He was left with no choice other than to plead, no contest to the charges, and take whatever penalty the court would meet out. Uh, the federal judge, possibly recognizing the injustice being done, sentenced him to 30 days in county jail. The beginning of his incarceration almost exactly coincided with Boston's betrayal of Babe Ruth. <laughs> so Lone Star embarked on a coaching odyssey that would take him from Purdue and Wyoming to the NFL and various places in between, while Washington State has been on a maddening quest to do something only one man in its school history has done. Win a Rose Bowl for Washington State. <laughs> the curse may have seemed to affect Lone Star Deeds himself. When he died, all but forgotten, broke in Reading, Pennsylvania, the following poem was clutched in his hand. When the game is pretty tough, don't you ever holler enough. Show the world you have the stuff. Keep it going. What? Hmm. Uh, that's. Wow. Hey. Hmm. You know, I've had some beef with people before, but I can't imagine having a fight over a cup of sugar that makes me mad enough that I want to send someone to Verdun. <laughs> yeah, 
the, the Western Front does not seem to be a, a, a no a worthy balance. No. Well, Kamish, thank you for giving us this beautiful story about a very weird year where Washington State was the best. They had their best team of all time. Yeah, I, this this team was was incredibly interesting. I know there were some that maybe ninety seven or two thousand two was great, but Washington State kept ending their seasons on bummers. And and they finally win the Rose Bowl here in this season, and then this occurs after it. It's like Pullman, what is going on, baby? Like what what's going on in Pullman? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, the school president was mad that the coach was upstaging him. I've I've I mean that's happened in college football before. Mm-hmm. And then another person just mad because he's just got this flair. And then the weird, you know non-verified Native American status. It just, I don't know. This story is very strange. But their team, again, the best team of all time, Washington State, everything that I read about them that said they were undersized. So the one metric that we the had one thing back we in the know day, that we do. Wait. Wait. Back in the is, day boy. is that they, they went against this weight. They were the one team that could go against this weight and the no huddle innovation in the 1916 Rose Bowl, and along with the the weird, probably not regulation mud cleats, was murder just, shoes. Just, murder shoes. I mean, the murder cleats, as you want to call them. Hmm? This was just absolutely fascinating, and everything about this story is just Washington State Cougars football to a T. It's, I mean, I love every single bit about this. It is just weird. It's wild. It's fantastic. It's a roller coaster ride. It is. It is not the Houston Cougar coaster. It is the Washington State Cougar coaster. Folks. And additional proof that all roads lead back to Central Pennsylvania. That's right. Very true. Where everyone dies alone and forgotten. <laughs> right. Oh, Reading's really Eastern Pennsylvania. That's true. 